Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 520 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined once again by our fearless co-host from West Virginia. He's back, Stephen Kyle Brackey, back in the mix. How are you, Kyle? I'm good. It's good to be back. It was a while. It's good to have you back, Kyle. Came, uh, he emerged into HQ with good energy. He's got a, a banger of an alien hour for you. He's been. Oh my on goodness! It. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's fire. It's good, and it's a little bit, you know, Ben, a little retribution, maybe a victory lap here for for Kyle, as you know, he was he was laughed at, he was mocked openly for one of his Whoa. alien hours, and he has been vindicated, mm-hmm. proven right <laughs> on a on a previous alien hour and we're going to get into that as well as uh another topic so wait for that um but first let's check in with ben askren ben how are you uh i'm doing outstanding this morning cp you would be uh you'd be proud of me um i figured out how to do the thing on my tv with flow and you know what it was it was really easy here's what happened my kid was watching paw patrol or some 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 jam he was watching on tv yeah and um you know i sat down on my well i told cp i'm gonna watch one of the interviews i chose to watch clinton wright because i i'd heard i've heard a lot of david taylor and i was just i never listened to clinton wright for that long so i was curious right and i so i turned on the clinton wright interview and it says uh, my phone says would you like to put this on the fire tv i said that's an option. I can do that. So, Ben, you know, so, I didn't. Do- I, it is really mind blowing to me, like the idea of the apps and the, you know, the Stevies are so easy now that, and you watch so much wrestling and wrestling content. I couldn't believe you haven't like figured out the TV component. It is very easy. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not super technologically savvy, Christian. So I'm actually uh, surprised I, to I, learn that. I don't spend a lot of time on the TV, almost none. So it's like figuring out how to put my kids' shows on for them and, and whatnot. Um, besides that, I pretty much stay away from the TV. So yeah, I hadn't figured that out. I knew you guys, I always heard you guys talk about Apple TV. I literally, guys, literally when you told me yesterday, I thought Apple TV was <laughs> an Apple TV, like Apple I made know. a TV. I didn't know. I mean, I just don't <clears throat> care about TVs. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Well, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, no, it's cool. It's good you don't know that much. I was, su- <laughs> I was surprised you didn't know what Apple TV was. It's not new. It's like I remember when I was a teacher in like 2012, they had Apple TV there, little black box. Yeah, thing. and the whole time I thought it was a TV. 
all Someone said in the Facebook <laughs> chat, like, all I don't think Ben knows that it's not a real TV. And I was like, no, there's no way. And then, like, 30 seconds later, you admitted you didn't know it was a TV. <laughs> I had no idea. You know what? If Apple did make an actual television screen, I bet that would be very expensive. Yeah. You would be um, correct. Yeah. But they, it's just a box, just like a Roku. Well, I figured they made some type of TV and maybe it was interactive or had a touch screen or, you know, something pretty cool. Yeah, it probably would be if they did do that. Well, hey, some not cool stuff going on. Daggone Stanford. Um, horrible news. They announced that after the 2021 season, they will be discontinuing their wrestling program, which is a real um, shock. And, and as is often the case, seemingly, it's like the team's performance rarely has hardly anything to do with it. ODU is a great program. Dropped. Stanford, excellent program. And they're about to have... <laughs> And still could have, you know, their best season next year with the talent they have coming. Eastern back. Michigan just had a really good season with an All American and was looking up. Boise State has always been a solid program. Yeah. It's yeah. So yeah. So I mean, but I think Christian, what that points to, and a lot of wrestling people are confused about this, is that the competitiveness or the success of the program is probably not one of the major factors on whether they keep it or not. I mean, unless you're obviously in Iowa State, Iowa, Oklahoma State. Etc. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, part of the first question that you have is like, okay, is this for sure? Because it's not, it wouldn't be the first or second time that a a program has announced it was dropping and then it didn't drop. Cleveland State had done this. Arizona State actually did this. Ben, you probably remember that. Stanford, apparently, this has happened to them as well. Mm -hmm. Said they were going to drop. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know I that didn't until that. I did. I didn't either. Someone told me yesterday. Um, shout out, Coach Clemson of Maryland. He he explained it to me that that happened. So I didn't realize that, wow. and so it makes me somewhat I would not say hopeful, um, but you know I wouldn't completely rule out that the door is shut. But I, I I'm just totally basing that on there's at least some precedent there, and yeah I. You know, Coach Borelli, et cetera. I believe they're gonna they're gonna fight this. They're not just gonna take it lying down like um, maybe we've seen at other places. Yeah. So I mean, man, this is. Uh, and then obviously the other thing we saw yesterday was uh, all, all Ivies pushed sports. Uh, there, there's no sports first semester, so I'm assuming this means no practice also, or just no. I, I don't understand exactly what this means. Um, but man. Higher education is in a dangerous place right now, and for a multitude of reasons. Right, number one, uh, the value might not be there for a lot of people. Number two, student loan debt bubble is as big as it has ever been in history. And then number three, you know, Harvard. I, I think they're going to kill themselves. They're putting all their classes online and charging the same price. People are going to figure out, damn, I could pirate these classes. I could probably just watch these classes somewhere else, and I don't got to pay fifty grand. I can still get the same education. So higher education, I feel like it's in a really dangerous place right now. Yeah, I don't know enough about the economics or finances of institutions of higher learning, but it seems like they're getting crushed right right now. But that's also true for so many, you know, businesses yes. in America today. So I don't I don't know how much you can attribute <laughs> to just total financial mismanagement, which is I believe what we had at ODU and what we have at Stanford. It's just like you're just bad but, with what you have. Cleveland, or Cleveland, not Cleveland. Uh, Christian, they have a $27 billion, billion dollar endowment. Like, 
Uh, what are the rules on spending endowments? Because you'd think at some point, if you're having a hard time, you know, you could spend, I don't know, half half a bill and probably still have, uh, All you know, sports. enough interest being generated. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, so, for, for half, a, half a billion, you could fund wrestling for a, 100 years. So they pretty much said, like, it looks like we have an endless supply of money, but we don't because much of that endowment is it has to go to certain things. Like it's mm. the endowment thing is so weird because they all these they all have these fancy endowments, right? You know, all the IVs and yeah. Stanford twenty seven billion. I don't know if y'all have seen the Kevin Hart uh stand up bit where he's talking about the you know, the way my bank account works. Like he's trying to make it sound like he's not completely. You see broke. what happened was well, I moved my check in my savings account. If you know the bit, you'll know it's like, <clears throat> Man, you got all this money, but the way your bank account works you can't bail out Stanford yeah, wrestling. So, that doesn't really make um, sense. I believe this is their athletic director talking, but he said, yes, Stanford has a significant endowment, but we also have to keep in mind that most of those dollars are restricted. The staggering numbers you see are restricted in nature, so we don't receive the dollars from that. So the way their bank account works, we can't, like, we yeah. got the money. Like, we have it. Believe me, we have $27 billion, but we can't so much. It says we can't uh, get all spendy with it. The vast majority of Stanford's endowment is directed towards specific long-term uses, including need-based financial aid for students. It is not available to backfill an ongoing structural budget deficit in a specific department. And yeah. it sounds like Stanford um, Space Space said this or quoted this, that basically they look at athletics as just kind of like a separate – it's only for the brand, right? Yeah, just they growing the brand. That. That's, it's for the marketing of the institution. It's not really uh, – it's like almost like it's not part of the school in a way, the way they, they view it. Yeah, they said uh, – in general, athletics has been a self-sustaining entity on our campus. We are striving to preserve that model on a time. Budgetary support for our academic mission is already under significant stress. Um, I thought there was more about the brand in here. Yeah, go on. Yeah, but the, so I and I don't. Uh, maybe someone can educate me more. I can listen to a podcast or something. But I, you know, I know what I've heard. Um, a lot is that these endowments act like a tax shelter for super rich dudes. That their money can grow tax free or something. I don't know exactly how that works. I don't know if that means that they can pull that back out sometimes. But I, I so from what I kind of gather, and again I haven't looked deeply at this, but a lot of the endowments maybe sit with uh, stock or something, right? Um, so it's not actual, like you said, it's not a dollar bill in their bank account. It's it's uh, here's a thousand shares of Apple or something to that effect. Yeah, yeah, could be something but, like that. Yeah, I, I, w I would need to be more, much well versed, more well versed in the topic before I wanted to uh, put that all the way out there. So the questions immediately, you know, as wrestling fans, you know, we 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 discuss the business aspect and like the overall, but we think about the wrestlers, right? What's going to happen with them? Yeah. What's going to happen? And what's going to happen with our best wrestlers? Real Woods, Shane Griffith, Jay Nabis. Uh, I think Nathan Traxler has another year anyway, so he could finish out. I think he'll be done after this year. So he, so he could just finish yeah. out and be done. Which is, I guess, a, if you want to find a good thing, that would be one. So, you know, what happens to these guys? Does Real Wood say, you know, it, it, Izzy put out a post, and of course he coached Real and they're very close, like made an Instagram post like, hey, maybe straight to MMA now. Uh, well, Griffith hmm. was in a NJ.com article where he basically said, you know, he's kind of assessing the situation right now. Jay Nabis, I don't know where he would look. Um, Obviously, he has some ties back to Fresno, but he didn't look there initially. And the academics of Stanford were obviously a big draw for Jaden, so you can imagine that 
he's going to look for something that somewhat replicates that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, go ahead. So, so none of these people are it's okay. So they have one more year as a program, right? Does that mean Real Woods and, and Shane Griffin wrestle one more year? Or they're they're gone right now. They could. Um, they, like I said, they haven't made. Shane said he hadn't made any decision, right? They found out yesterday, so they don't mm-hmm. know what they're doing. Yeah. But they could yeah, yeah. remain there and wrestle and do the NCAA thing one more year for for Stanford. Yeah. Um, so with the Ivies, did you, did you guys look more into this? Is it no pr- pr- uh, practice? Is it no games? Uh, what's the full scope of the Ivy? So I'm going to go back and read it right now, but I believe when I read it first, they can do practices as long as you're following the guidelines put in place by the conference and your school. So, like, depending on where your school is and yeah. how big the hot zone is or whatever, um, I'll confirm that real quick. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, that's so obvious that means <laughs> – I mean, if, if there was ever a time to move wrestling to a one-semester sport, well, it's right about now. I mean, we've been talking about for 20 years. I've been hearing this rumor for 20 years. I mean, might as well just go for it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you so hate that they'll, Christian or what? they'll be able to practice. I don't I don't know. I don't know what I think. You're just mad at the world right now. No, I'm not. I'm ha- I'm very happy. Go away, Corona. Go away. It is it is jamming us up a little bit here. It's depressing. Like yesterday when this happened, I wasn't even like mad. It was just like what the heck? <laughs> I can't even do anything. When I don't know. And you know, it's it's like when you think of something like, is there there aren't many institutions in America as prestigious as Stanford, right, in terms of the brand and everything. You think, man, you want to think of a school that's got it together. <clears throat> Just in all facets, it's Stanford. Like, they are hammers athletically just in general, right, not just in wrestling. They are good at a lot of sports. They're one of the most respected um, academic institutions. Yeah. They seem like they have it all. So for this to happen, it's just like – it's one thing when it's ODU and it's kind of a smaller school and they, you know, total financial mismanagement as they try to become a player in D1 football and falling on their face, right? But yes. with this, it's like you just don't expect that with something like this and it makes you wonder, wait, what else could, could happen here? Yeah. Uh, do you think, Christian, do you have the same feelings as me that higher education is in uh, trouble or are you so naive? You don't want to discuss that topic. Well, I don't know. Why, why would I think. I don't think it's in trouble in, in the sense of relative to the whole landscape, right? Like mm-hmm. if you cut off, if you basically end the business in many ways, which is what happened, yeah, sure. you're, there's good things that are going to happen that are bad. So how much do you attribute to this is an unprecedented global pandemic and there's an economic shutdown and there's no students versus yeah. how poorly they're mismanaged? Because, I mean, there's not many businesses in the world that can – um, withstand a shutdown for six months, right? No one, there's no modeling yeah. for something like that. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm not ready to say yeah that the academic institutions of higher learning are just like overall f- completely flawed. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so How about we are episode three. Well, yeah. So it's funny. Um, <laughs> You know, yesterday should have been a day. It was a day of mostly good stuff, right? It's like, man, we announced another match. Roman Bravo Young versus Jack Mueller. We're going to – we signed another match, which we're going to announce tomorrow – Um, You guys, you guys keep me on the loop. I can't, I can't believe you. I I don't even know if we're friends anymore, Christian. 
Loose ships sink lips, Ben. You got to be careful there. Uh, I think you got that backwards. No, that's that <laughs> is the saying. That's the saying. Um, no, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll I'll hit you up. Maybe I'll text you right now. I don't know. Uh, okay, but, that'd be fun. Yeah. So we're excited about Roman versus Mueller. We're what, what weight is that at? I'm I'm excited about it, but what weight? One thirty-seven. Really? Yes. And do you feel like that's a huge size disadvantage for Jack Mueller? Because obviously he wrestled 125 and he wrestled 55 no, I, I would bet money by, at the time of the signing that Jack Mueller weighed more than Roman Bravo Young. I can't prove really? that. I would almost guarantee it, yes. Jack Mueller is a is a big yes. Hmm. Okay. That's just wow. that's, that's my thought. So, yeah. no, I don't think it's yeah. a disadvantage for anyone. I, think, I don't think it's a big pull for Roman. And I'm pretty sure Jack Mueller is going to have to come down a little bit. But we'll find out. Huh. We can just ask him. So it's cool because we got immediately – people are so fired up about this here at Flow. We got um, two people going to Arizona this weekend to do stuff with Roman. We've got uh, Mike and another shooter headed to New Jersey to do a shoot with Jack and maybe some other people. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. So we're, we got a lot more good stuff coming for the July 25th event. We had We Are Episode 3. And then freaking Stanford kind of really harshes the vibe, bro. Harshes the mellow. <laughs> yeah. So what would you think of Episode 3? Only compliments, though. Otherwise, we'll have you hang Well, I, okay. So uh, <laughs> o- overall. We, we oh, will create an echo chamber of positivity. Will, <laughs> my line will be mysteriously cut. Um you know what? Quentin Wright said this, and I and I feel the same way. It's like, um, great. It was great content, but it just I felt like it didn't go deep enough. I felt like you could have went so much deeper on some of these topics, and it felt. And you know what? Honestly, you guys had a tough job. If you're in GM, all this into I think I think it was a total of an hour and forty minutes. I think between the, the three shows, um, if you're in GM, that all in an hour and forty minutes. Yeah, telling the story of <clears throat> Nolf and Nickel and Rutherford and Ruth and. Uh, Taylor and also Kale. It's tough, right? It's a lot of stories to tell in a, in a short amount, relatively short amount of time. And so it's like, you know, Quentin made the point that you could have, you know, some of these stories could have been significantly deeper. And I, and I felt the same way. Um, and, you know, honestly, like all of those athletes, they are kind of, um, they're legendary, right? I mean, you could probably make an hour and 40 minutes about any of those guys, um, let alone all five of them, plus the kale slash Penn state dynamic together. Right. So there's the, so you, so nothing but uh negativity from Ben Askren here. Um, no, so I mean, I say, it was great. It I was great. Say, I just want more. I want more. That's it. Yeah. So that the, what's interesting, it's like the film is basically kind of encapsulates the 10 years. Right. And like, if you were going to tell yeah. the story of 10 years of Penn state wrestling, this is how you would do it. And everything yeah. you could go deeper in, but there's a couple of things that prohibit you from going a little deeper. One, it's yeah. conversations with the people, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that makes it a lot tougher. And so you're trying to simultaneously service, like, you know, fans that are just uh, a lot of wrestling fans don't know how everything kind of came to be in the yeah. early days of of Penn State. As weird as that is, for for someone like Quentin and you and I and Bracky, there wasn't really. A ton that was maybe unearthed because we literally live this, right? And this is all we think yeah, about sure, all the time. Fair. So, but for a lot of wrestling fans, and what we're seeing is like for our subscribers, 
who we're so thankful for. This is like what they were looking for exactly. So yeah. for sure, I would love to get into more of that. Let's go deeper on Quentin's sophomore year. And he's talking about how, hey, they were trying to make him be the Kale Sanderson mold and learn how to ankle picks. And when he went back to his roots of throwing and he got kicked out of his house, he says, and, and all that stuff. Yeah, I'd love to go deeper there and deeper with um, all these guys. And Soriano, that was like a lot of drama there, right? And Yeah. Certainly. Hey, so Quentin, I didn't realize Quentin was such like a BSer. Like that dude was a talker. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? You just get him going. He just blah, blah, blah. I mean, he just kept going. It was it was a fun interview to listen to. He almost told us a few of uh, Kale's secrets. And uh, it, it was overall a really good interview. But I guess I I only heard him a handful of times. And he never struck me as a, like a, a talker, you know? And you guys put a microphone in front of him, and bam, he just started talking. Yeah, he was ready to go. The Kale fundamentals. Um, imagine if we knew what those were. Oh, my gosh. Do you think it's that simple? Learn these. Uh, I mean, he obviously oversimplifies it because there there are plenty of guys who go to Penn State and who are not successful, you know. So it's not that easy. But yes, obviously, you know, I think it would probably be. Oh damn! Do you guys want to go deep into the philosophy of wrestling, or, or should we just move on? No, I I'm, think I'm about to. Tell. People would hate that. Come on. So I should go. Okay, well, you know, it's it's one of those things, and I think we almost had this relatively exact discussion a couple weeks ago. I told you about one of my athletes asking me a question. Hey, it's almost like you know, okay, the basic, the basic. If we just think the basics of wrestling, good stance, sprawls, a good shot, a solid finish, a good breakdown, a good escape, right? A good stand up, sit out, quad pods, something to that effect. And that would be that. Would you guys say that's a really good basics of wrestling? Yeah. That's fair. Okay. And so if you had a college guy who did all of those really well, very high level, they're going to be relatively good. I mean, like, you know, I think of a guy who doesn't really scramble, who still is um, really high, is Nick Soriano, right? I mean, his, mm -hmm. his positioning and basics are so good that he doesn't need to go all that much deeper all that often, and he still wins. But th those people are few and far between. And so with the Kale Fundamentals, it's like, okay, what else is, you know, what else is there and that's where I think a lot of college coaches kind of stop teaching at that level. They don't delve super deeply because they do understand if they can get guys good at those basics that I just said, that's going to get them a relatively good amount of success. If they're also strong, if they also have a lot of toughness, they're going to be relatively good, right? But then that next level is that comfort level in every position, that fearlessness. Um, and so I, I would be interested, you know, I would venture, I, this is where my mind took me. Kale fundamentals, I almost think maybe it's not a set of moves. It's more of like a, a philosophical approach to keep wrestling through positions, like, you know, try stuff in practice before you try them in matches, like a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Where it's not moves, but it's more of like philosophy of style. Yeah, maybe it's something like that, or maybe it's like, there's a few positions that you're always like trying to get to or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. So like, like the answer position would be a position that dude. So <laughs> I want to say 50% of scrambles, but a gigantic proportion of scrambles end up in the answer position, you know, some way, shape, right? There's the a lot of different shapes and forms. That, I don't think we've ever talked yeah. about the answer position. So you're gonna have to elaborate on that. So, so the answer position is something I made up in 2005, six, somewhere back then. Because at that point, what everyone's, you shoot a single leg, right? Okay, here's the deal. You shoot a single leg. 
they sprawl on you. You essentially have three ways to go. You can cut the corner this way, you can mm -hmm. cut back this way, or you can go through the middle, right? And what you'll find with high-level folk style wrestling is that a lot of people are going lift the middle. And this yes. could be on your knees or your butt, knees or butt, right? Your choice. Um, you know, Jake Herbert, for example, went here like every single time because against a good guy, a really good guy, it's really hard to get an angle to go one way or the other way. It's possible. It's just hard. So a lot of times you end up going up the middle. When you go up the middle, they can grab your body. They can drape your crotch. They can grab your ankles. There's a lot of holds for them to grab, right? And so your basic moves, your push-off double, your spin the middle, those things won't work if they're grabbing you, okay? And so obviously, especially in the Missouri room in the, say, 2004, 5, 6, 7 era, um, we were doing a whole lot of scrambling. And so none of those, you lift the middle, none of those moves that we previously worked, worked anymore. So Matt, Max and I essentially created this system where, and there's a couple different versions of it, like I said, but you bring the leg, you bring it across, you put them on their hip, and then you hook it and you push the leg off the top, right? I mm -hmm. mean, Christian, you will see this move in like probably 50% of college dressing matches. Yeah. Um, but, but now there's so many scrambles off this. There's, you know, when I dump them, they can grab my ankle, they can grab the crotch, they can grab, so they can grab my top ankle or my bottom ankle there, which is near or far, depending on, you know, how you're looking at it also. Um, they can grab the crotch there. Uh, there's just a whole bunch of things that can half off that. And then when they grab the crotch, I can pivot back, they can swim under the leg. And there's all these things um, that can happen from there. And so, like, you know, in folk style season, it's not quite as relevant in freestyle season because you can bump them to their back and score a relatively easy two points. I mean, mm -hmm. some guys are better than others than not going to the back. But, like, when, when we're in folk style season, in, in, my, in my really advanced class, we spend a lot of time scrambling in that position because I really feel for guys to be successful shooting single legs at a high level, they have to have a huge level of comfortability in that position. And if they don't, they're just never going to finish it ever. And so the reason you brought up the answer position is because you think so much like Kale and his fundamentals would probably involve that position or like how you wrestle out of that position. Yeah. What you said, if there's scrambles that you end up in a lot and like, that's one. Right. And so yeah. obviously like far, far ankle, you actually mentioned that in your thing. The other thing that Max and I are playing around with, you know, way back in 2005, six, it's like, that's another thing. Like at the collegiate level right now, if you don't know that you kind of look like a dope, you know, and now there's, there's a whole bunch of, that what we were doing in 2005, six, it's expanded vastly, right? There's a lot more options and a lot more things you can do from there. Um, but you got to know outside ankle or far ankle, whatever you want to call it. And, and you know, like you can get into a far ankle from an answer. You can get into an answer from a far ankle, right? I mean, these positions, they're, they're, they're very circular in nature, meaning like a lot of them lead to a lot of others. And it's like, this goes to this, goes to this, and they just come keep coming back to each other. And so there's really only, you know, I would say three or four main positions that you have to have an understanding of. But those three or four positions, they're all like octopuses, right? They're all just there's this and this and this and this. They have all these legs of them. Got it. Got it. Thank you for that yeah. thorough explanation. So the answer <laughs> position is so Were you, you bored were you bored by that? No, not at all. Uh, okay. I was trying to keep up with all the mental pictures you were painting. <laughs> uh, so the answer right. position, if there was a picture of it, it's not, yes. is it just coming out the back door and like you're, no. you're so, when the guy so sat, sat down and you're no, looking like a okay, scooped ankle. Answer position, no, no deep. Right? What we're talking about, they don't defend us. I just get it. Um, say they wrap the way, I lift them, they wrap the waist, right? Which would be the easiest one for me. Um, and so I can do two ways. I can grab ankle and he, outside the leg because I was on a single. I lifted it. So I can grab ankle then also. Or Max likes to swim in. So he's got two legs. 
And what I need to do is their their back would then be on my, I'm sorry, their chest would be on my back. I need to get their chest on my side. So I need to take us from being uh, parallel to each other to perpendicular, right? So I need to pull them around the side. Once I pull them around the side and then put them on, and then I, boom, I can drop them to their hip. At that point, I can hook their leg and I can pop up. I mean, Got obviously, it. like I said, like I said, this is a highly complex position that has like 50 different, you know, offshoots. But that's that's its essence. Got it. Okay, understood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okie doke. Next up. So yes, no. I, Kale's fundamentals would probably involve that position if there are real Kale fundamentals. It's not just a, a a thought process. Yes, indeed. Okay. Well, that's fun. Uh, any other thoughts? <laughs> um. Yeah, it was it was good. I mean, it was fun. Like I said. You know, like I obviously I like Penn State, but I, I don't really have any personal connection to them, so I don't. You know, I don't always cheer for them. Right? I want Mizzou to do well. I've been cheering for Wisconsin the last couple of years, and but they're they're hard to hate. They're really hard to hate. I, you know, besides the fact that you used to be jealous of winning all the time. Um, the other thing that maybe this is a clerical error, uh, but you know, I, I guess it is true in eight and nine years. But I feel like. You know, you say eight, nine years, but Kale did not win. It was it his first year or first two years he didn't win. It was just his first year, right? His first year he did not win. So it was actually eight and ten, which you know, I it's kind of, you know, I so you it get is eight eight, of the last nine. Is, yeah, it is eight of nine, but I mean, you could yeah. So when you were saying like in Kale's time, he was one eight of nine. I was saying, wait, Kale's been there. No, he's been there ten years. Yeah, you know, and really, with this year it was eleven. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well. It's still true that he won eight and nine. Yeah, correct. But it would be inaccurate to say that he's been there nine years and won eight, though. So I, yes. I guess I get what you're saying. Um, cool. Okay, clerical errors. Got it. <laughs> that's what Ben. That's what Ben was focused on. Critiques. Uh, oh my gosh! I said I loved it. Stop whining. <laughs> I'm messing with you. Uh, yeah. So, dude, he's the best. Penn State is the best college sports team in NCAA sports right now. They, we're this, who wrote the article? Was it JD? JD Raider. It's there's no one like in the same league right now. Yeah, the only probably the only thing um, is NDSU football, but it's FCS and it's just like yeah, I can't. it's just not the same level. When, when they're beating Bama eight or nine, no, I know. You know, then we can. But like you're not the best, you're not the best football team, right? They are the best wrestling team. Um, NDSU can't compete with the best, but you know they're so it's a it's really it's kind of a it puts it a little more in perspective. And I don't know if you're a hater, which many are. If you are, it it should be some solace. Like man, you are watching something that is largely unprecedented. You know, you've got Gable and you've got. We could be in 15, 20 years. You could be saying, man, these are like two of the greatest college sport coaches ever. And two of them could be in – they could both be in wrestling, right? Um, yeah. Now, Kale's guys work cut out for them the next next few years. They've got some studs coming in, and they've got studs still there. But they still got it to do. And this eight of nine pace is going to be really, really tough to maintain, even for someone as great as Kale. But, you know, after he won four and then won four again – He's really hard to pick against. Yes. Okay. Next up. Uh, with Ivy Wrestling, 
Only thing we wanted to just remind is like, it's not canceled because someone, we had a question like, why have you not said anything about Ivy's being canceled? It's not canceled at this point. They just will not compete until January 1st. So that means like Cornell normally goes to Vegas. That means no Vegas because Vegas is in December, right? And they will go to some open. Maybe, maybe we can move rules. Vegas. We could. I mean, well, not we. I say we. That would be up to the Trella, Trella, Trella yes, family. Yes, uh, one of the one of the best tournaments around. Love going to that one. So yeah, maybe they do. I mean, I don't know what these tournaments are going to look like the upcoming year. Yeah. And Midlands is technically before the new year, also, although it's very, very close. They, but maybe they can move that to a couple of days after mm-hmm. New Year's as well. Yeah, and I mean, you've seen a lot of these Ivies have really good schedules. Um, and I would imagine some of those duels would have been before uh, January 1. So some of these other schools are going to be looking to mm-hmm. have to replace duels on their schedule too. Yeah, yeah so we're, we we know schedule-wise we are looking at a weird, weird year. Um, and But that's all we really know. You know, it's going to look really different, but I don't know exactly. So, you know, does how will this impact Yanni and Cornell's decisions for lineup? I don't think it'll change. I think they're going to they're gonna push this year. I think Yanni's mm-hmm. going to wrestle. He said he's going to wrestle. Mm-hmm. I think if it gets pushed back a little bit, he'll still wrestle. My worry is that if they push back NCAAs a little bit, how that will impact trials. But right now, mm-hmm. so much of that is – is guesswork, so I don't know. Yeah, it's it's almost not worth. Um, we're in such unprecedented times. It's almost not worth giving much thought to, right? Because it's like we could talk about this and it could change next week, yeah, right, or next month. I mean, it's not even worth like saying, well, what, how do they move this around? Because we just there's just too many unknowns at this point to even want want to guess that badly at it. Hey, uh, and speaking of that, but something that's much closer is, um, you know, we've heard we've heard rumors of USA wrestling do the UWW trials. For juniors and U23, are they going to put this on the calendar sometime soon? Because we would only be roughly two months out from when you know they theorize that they're going to have it. I haven't seen um, the official calendar. I, I what my, my what my understanding or what I remember was they're waiting on you know agreement signed with the the venues and whatnot before I think they would okay. put it on there. But yeah. Early-ish September, first week or two of September, and I think uh, for the Olympic styles or Olympic weights open in October was like the first two weeks there. So in Oct- all, all the way in October. Mm-hmm. Got it. Now, so what, that'll my question function is, as what, what is the purpose of the Olympic weights open? Is it just well, like well, just, but, just to have a tournament? Well, I was going to say, is it going to be the qualifier for the Worlds? What do you mean qualify for? The it world? probably would be. What, well, Kristen? Oh, you weren't here on. Did we talked about this, right? They might do the worlds in twenty twenty. I know that, but I don't. If, why would they ha- just have an Olympic weights only open? Oh, is the world's going to be for all? I, I figured the twenty twenty worlds were only going to be Olympic weights. They're going to be I, all weights. I thought they were all weights. Okay, but then then I don't know what the hell the US wrestling is doing. Yeah, I guess maybe just to have a competition. Yeah, maybe. But, I, but like, does it? give you seating stuff does it give you is there a benefit to doing yeah. it right because does it is are they like restarting qualification right i don't know yeah. if they can do that because you know they had the qualifier in fort worth i don't i don't see that changing it so i don't know 
Um, yeah. Okie doke. Mm-hmm. So more to come there. Man, I tell you what. So hope. Uh, there's maybe a 5% chance we announce uh, an awesome match today. I'll say 5%. Yes. There's a 100% chance we're announcing one tomorrow. And uh, okay. hopefully more to come. Uh, we're working on uh, Luke Pletcher's opponent. And um, how, is, um, how is the process of you putting the secret camera into Penn State's room going, Christian? <laughs> well, I'll say it's not going well at all, unfortunately. As what I if I, I got an idea? All right, here we go. I have a plan. Ready? Okay. We train Caleb to be a master wrestler. So he gets recruited by Penn State. He goes to Penn State to wrestle. Maybe he does well, maybe he doesn't. But what he does, <laughs> he gives us all the secrets. Okay. And if Caleb fails, I got Ozzy. You know, he, you know, he's a good 16 years out of college. Who knows? Caleb probably won't be around by then. But just in case, all we right, get well, him. Well, Ben, this is why this is all the more reason you need to come down to Austin Train my child, make him a champion, no excuses. I don't care what it takes. And then even Kale Sanderson will have to recruit him and he'll go to Penn State and we'll we'll just learn it all. This is the ultimate long con. Using our children <laughs> and their college experiences, and at least we have to and you know what? You've got Caleb, then you've got Ozzy, and then young Hayden not too far behind. That's right. You Why know, do you he'll think be, we had a boy. Yeah. Thank goodness. Um so we only have one shot right now for between the each of us, right? Only only one son. So well, we I guess who knows? By let's see, Alex will graduate high school in twenty thirty one or twenty thirty two. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll probably have women's wrestling at Penn State by then. Okay, so maybe we got another chance. All right, so we got we have a couple bullets in the chamber. <laughs> we got to make them count. And bottom line, we have to make our kids really, really good at wrestling. Yep. Or yes. Or <laughs> we compromise us high school sophomore right now. We make him our secret <laughs> double agent spy. That gives us all the kale info. We have to brainwash him before he gets to kale because kale, kale will try to re-brainwash him to not give any information. So we brainwash him prior to that to give us all of the information that we want. Man, all, all I know is the kids go in and you know you talk, you see him at the terms. Hey, what's up? By freshman year, it's like you know. You're cold-shouldered, so it, it works quickly. So you're mm. you're gonna have to have a strong. You have to do a good job there, Ben. Highly, you have to get an assistant assistant coaching job for a year. <laughs> he probably <laughs> wouldn't. He probably wouldn't let me in. He would see. He would see the ruse. He would see right through it. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. He's he's three steps ahead. That's the problem. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's time. You know, Kyle Brackey's been gone. This is maybe going to be the f- most fire alien hour yet. It's uh, oh jeez. So, if you don't know, because we're getting new r- listeners all the time, a long-standing staple of the show is Kyle Brackey's Alien Hour, where he brings <laughs> to the forefront some of the most um, controversial, paranormal. We got Bigfoot. There's the um, Ozark Howler, et cetera, et cetera. There's things like Avril Lavigne. Avril, um, you find out that Avril Lavigne's been <clears throat> dead forever, right? Any, for anything years. that is just suspicious or needs to be known by the general public, I want to educate. <laughs> yeah. And uh, on February 21st, 2019, uh, oh. during the Iowa-Oklahoma State mega show, it was a dual preview show, I told you all about the Oklahoma octopus. And uh, Tyler's got a clip here we're going to play real quick. Uh, 
Um, uh -oh. It is in, there's at least three of these octopus, okay? They're in Lake Thunderbird, which is near Norman, Lake Ulaga, uh, which is between Tulsa and the Kansas border, and Lake Tenkiller, which you should oh, probably shit. not go to Lake Tenkiller ever, uh, which is in Muskogee, which is near the Arkansas border. But it is a large, uh, horse-sized freshwater demon. And oh my God. it has been just sucking people under. It just drowns people and they never find their bodies. The, the drowning rate, yes, the drowning rate from Oklahoma from 2007 to 2008 went up 40%. It was the highest it ever been since 2001. What? Oh, I thought that was more. Oh, man, I was just getting good. I, I thought you were going to give I us an, uh, show us an Oklahoma octopus or something. From well, I, I am going to show you the Oklahoma octopus. So, Tyler, go ahead and pull up one of those Facebook posts. Yeah, this was found in Lake Tenkiller, one of the lakes that I told you about in that original clip. I need a I need a closer up shot, Kyle. Yeah, I I'm gonna really I'm gonna go ahead well. and, and say this isn't the smoking gun I was hoped for. These are about the size of an army. Uh, I know. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. We don't have Is that a, full, hand? a full grown That's one a here for you. No, it's not. There's a second. There's a second Facebook image, Tyler. If you want to go ahead and pull that one up. If you can, that's, like that's a not hand. someone. That's not someone's hand. This thing couldn't pull. This thing couldn't pull under uh, Ozzy. What are we talking about? This is a child one. This Good. is a baby one. This is it's that being is true. it's being groomed to be a killer. <laughs> How so, bigger octopuses when they're born? I guess I don't about know. that size. I would guess. Yeah. You know, a regular octopus, but this is a horse-sized octopus. Okay. You know how big a horse baby horses? I know I said horse size. That's what. That's how big they are when they are fully grown. This is not fully grown yet. Okay. Okay. So, but what is this doing in Lake Tenkiller? <laughs> that's a, that is a fair <laughs> in question. Oklahoma. That is the nice reattack for this. Why are there octopi in uh, lakes in Oklahoma? I thought they were a saltwater creature all these years. Yes, they are. You, you can't. You can't just all of a sudden just start living. In uh, lakes in Oklahoma, and you know what? We got another tweet here. This is out, goes out to you, Dennis. Wow. Dennis wanted to try to trash me February twenty second, two thousand nineteen. Said he didn't <laughs> want to hear anything about an Oklahoma octopus. He just wanted to hear more wrestling. Well, hey, Dennis, I tried to warn you. Suck now it. you did. They're real. Yeah. So they're real. Okay. Hey, Kyle. Kyle, I, I got something for you here. Ready? Oh boy. I looked at baby baby octopus. Although only millimeters long at hatching, these octopuses can grow up to be more than four meters in arm span. Okay. See? There they're, it is. They're, they're children. So they're, <laughs> they're babies. <laughs> they're babies. They're not even yes. children. They're growing. Okay. <laughs> they're children. All right. So I just wanted to kind of take that victory lap. Uh, that that one honestly was probably like one of the most most scrutinized ones. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I thought it was the most ridiculous one. <laughs> Even though it's the most fun one, it's like it just doesn't make sense biologically that there would be octopi in lakes in Oklahoma, but here they are. <clears throat> what can you say? It doesn't. It doesn't make sense, but you know what? You can't always explain everything. Yeah, it's true. Um okay, we're going to switch gears here real quick. And uh -oh. this one wait, is kind of two alien hours. Well, that two, was just kind of an update. That was like uh, you know, oh. there's there's new new season right. of Unsolved Mysteries out on yep, Netflix. Yep, yep, and you know it. when they would do like update at the end. Love it. This that was like an update. All right. So, <laughs> moving on. 
This one's kind of going to be in the same vein as uh, Avril Lavigne. It's Britney, bitch. Britney Spears. Um, so, we're going to start all the way back in 2008, okay? That was when kind of Britney Spears had her, like, mental break. Uh, when she like shaved her head and she went crazy and there was this paparazzi footage of her being put in an ambulance at her house, taken to the hospital. Um, uh -oh. well, essentially her and her husband, Kevin Federline at the time, were going through a bunch of stuff, having a custody dispute, and she kind of just lost her mind. Well, when that happened, her family placed her, uh, put her in, it's called a 5150 hold, which is essentially you can hospitalize somebody um, involuntarily for 72 hours because you think they're a danger to themselves and uh so her family put that hold on her but she only stayed for one night so 24 hours then about a month later january 31st family places another 5150 hold on her at that and then a day later a court decides to give her father a conservatorship do you know what that has been? <laughs> uh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> no. Conservatorship is when a garden, guardian or protector are appointed by a judge to manage the financial affairs and or daily life of another due to physical or mental limitations. So literally her dad is now in complete control of her life. Whoa. Financials what? can decide what she does, when she does it. All of these. Is now, this, this real? proven? Can, this I, if I Google this, nope. is, yeah. this is real. They yeah, have they appear it. in court every single year to what? go over whether this should still be in place. Oh my gosh. Okay, so at first, at first, it was this temporary. Doesn't sound right. <laughs> I promise right. you, this is real. So then, at first, they're like, "All right, this is temporary until Britney gets everything uh, figured out and everything." But then, in October 2008, the court makes the conservatorship permanent. And what? There's so there's what? this yes, permanent there, yes. So, this, so they just said she's crazy. Guys, yeah, they're like, is Brittany gonna be crazy next year? Almost. Definitely. This is real. This is why. I, this is mind blowing. I, I kind of want to. I kind of want to research this to to, to to see if Kyle's full of crap or not. But then I realized it would be a total waste of my time. So I'm not going <laughs> That's to. That's what you well, think. Well, I'm doing the research Listen, for you. Okay, hey Ben. You know what? You should do the research because it could happen to you. What if they say, you know what, <laughs> Ben Askren? Oh, he's got all this stuff. He's got he's a famous guy. He goes on Ariel Helwani's show. What a big deal he is. You know what? Be a real shame if everyone thought he was crazy and we got all this stuff forever. So maybe yeah. stay woke, just like they, learn up. Just like they're trying to do to Kanye. They're trying to say Kanye's having a bipolar episode. This man just woke up. Okay, man. There you go, Kanye, Ben Askren, Britney Spears. So she wanted, she wanted to challenge the arrangement. She didn't want this. Obviously, no one uh, wants that. No one wants. That. Uh, so she was, she was reaching out to attorneys to try to get them to represent her. Uh, and an attorney who she spoke to in 2008 said, "It was clear to me that she seemed a bit agitated, but my sense was that she did have the capacity to pick a lawyer and that she could make a rational decision." The judge, though, citing a recent medical evaluation, said the singer was not capable of hiring her own counsel. Dang. So she couldn't even hire what? her own counsel for that proceeding in 2008, which made this permanent. So she couldn't even hire the attorney I, I, to defend her that she's not crazy. Yes, because she got my set brain up. hurts. Yes, yes. My brain hurts, yes. yes. How, does, how Listen, does Britney Spears' family maybe, have this kind of pool with the legal system? Right, we're get, we're getting pulled off uh, Facebook, but may uh, I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. 
Maybe, maybe here. I'll, you know, I'll say something say that it. won't get me in trouble. Maybe she was about ready to expose some very high-level people because we know some dirty, dirty stuff has been going on, and it's been coming out of Hollywood. It's some really nasty stuff, guys. Look into it. It's it's not fake. It is real. Maybe she was getting ready to expose him, and and this is their way to to kind of keep her quiet. Man, no, you're probably not wrong. And so what? Hollywood is an effing cesspool. Yeah. And no argument. So her dad was able to control her so well because he controlled how much time she had with her kids, like the amount of time she spent with her kids. Oh my! So gosh. anytime she would what? Like, try to push back, yes, because she was under this conservatorship. He can do whatever he wants. So he controlled, like the the judge is like, all right, you get fifty percent. Oh, definitely. But then he she would. She was definitely about to talk. Yeah, so then, but then he would manipulate it even more, threaten her even more that he would just have her rights taken away altogether. Okay, so let's fast forward a is little bit. Is this real, Kyle? Kyle, this is, is this real? No, this is real. You'll, you'll see even more in a second, okay? You better, do, you better read up, dude. So now, now I'm so interested. I'm starting to, I'm, I'm literally going to start looking. <laughs> let's fast forward to 2012 a little bit, okay? Let's she is selected as a judge on the X Factor. She's doing really well. Uh, she won a bunch of VMAs. She was on like How I Met Your Mother acting and stuff. So people are starting to question, how can this person who is doing all these things, having all the success, how can she not be right mentally enough to take care of herself? Why is she still under this thing? Um, but every year when they would go back to court, the court keeps extending it, keeps extending it, keeps extending it. Okay. So then in 2019 she had a las vegas vegas residency show she was just living in vegas doing yep. the show and uh but then the one in 2019 early 2019 gets canceled mm. a few days later she is seen going through an in and out drive through okay that's that's alarming well it's alarming because they did not let her drive so she's violating right so she is violating this conservatorship. And when she canceled the show, she claimed that her father's health was the reason why she was canceling it. He was in very bad health. Oh, really? It's they she weren't sure cheeseburger. she was going to make it through or whatever. Okay, well, a few days after she's seen in the In-N-Out drive-thru, she disappears from the public eye for three months. Oh, boy. And what? it's alleged that her dad Food poisoning. forced her into a mental health facility against her will after she broke the conservatorship and went out driving. Okay, so then in April of 2019, it's confirmed that she has been in a mental health facility, oh, no. but her team is claiming that it was voluntarily. But then in May, she tells a judge that her dad forced her into the mental health facility, and her mother even had an attorney there supporting her claims. That's not good. No. Wow. And the mom likes all these Instagram comments saying that the conservatorship is bad and they need to let her free and free Britney and everything. Um, and then, so we got it. We got a tweet here. Wait, of hey, some so of the Kyle, I'm, I'm reading this article and it, and so it was extended. This was, let's see, this was May 4 of 2020. It was, it had been 12, 12 years, like you said, but it doesn't say permanent. It says just extended. And this one was extended from, it was May 4 extended until August 22nd. So it appears that, um, she gets to keep having these hearings, but maybe she just can't get out of it or something. Hmm. Yeah, she can't get out. That's I guess that's maybe what this article so meant by permanent because she can't get out. Yes, because so it's not actually permanent. It seems like she has, but she just yeah, she just can't keep getting out. Yeah, it's a legal guardianship enacted, and that it lasts till August twenty second. Now, so I already tweeted, I'm gonna I'm gonna get Britney free. 
So holy moly, I got a lot of I got a lot of th- uh, things to go along here with it. So here's an Instagram post. Brittany has like three or four of these. I don't know if we'll pull them all up, but it's just like things like where she's trapped. She can't get out. You know, she sees the ocean there, but she can't get to it. Wow. Well, um, it looks like well. Wow. Theoretically, it looks like she could just go. She's under lock and key right there. Wow. That's deep. That, she's trying to break free oh from cages. Wow. That, that's a little more. She can't get telling. out, guys. Um, and then, if uh, Tyler, if you can pull up the protest. So then this started to become uh, out in the streets a good bit, and her fans literally started protesting the these court hearings. Dang. Uh, anytime they would go to court, you know, they have the Looks like conservatorship. Looks like blue hair in the front. <laughs> Something DeSanto doing there. He's trying to free Britney. Look uh, at these people. Real freedom They fire. want Britney freed. All right, so this, Seriously. you might ask, why am I just now – Coming across this? Yes. Well, recently, Brittany posted a video and it, on her Instagram, and it was like one of, it is way out there. Like, what is, like, so many people are just like, what is going on with you, Brittany? So then someone comments, Brittany, if you are being, if, uh, if you need help, wear yellow in your next video, okay? Her next video. Oh my God. She wears yellow and then, calls to it like really awkwardly like just so she said holy crap my floor surprised me today by making the flower arrangement all different colors dot 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 i was so excited to throw on my yellow shirt and just had to share wow that's not good we need to do something we need to free Dude, guys like oh uh, man we gotta get off this topic i'm about to say i'm about to say some crazy stuff i mean look at this listen harvey weinstein's proven that dude's a pedo that forced women into doing all kinds of nasty shit like hollywood is a cesspool it is a very dangerous place and this makes me think that britney's got some stuff she wants to tell some people and they're trying to keep her from doing so that's what this makes me think okay well she clearly has access to her phone so why don't she just make a video and say hey what they said what they said what they said will kill your kids or, you know, what if there's some, I mean, guys, there's a lot of ways you can keep people manipulated mentally, Christian. Okay. There's a lot of ways you can do that. All right. Well, this is a sad alien hour then. I mean, I'm that just trying sad. to make people aware. This, this needs to end. Yeah. Free Britney. I mean, I don't guys, I, yeah. I, I don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to tell you guys Harvey Weinstein was uh, sexually assaulting and abusing many women in Hollywood and got away with it for 20 or 30 years. I don't have to be a conspiracy theorist. That's been proven without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Bad place. Sorry for Britney. Um, yes. So I don't know if there's no seamless transition from Britney Spears conservatorship. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get it, make it that dark. Um, it's dark. Just, That's dark. Why? Why else would they have this? It's dark. I mean, they, they, dude, there's some dark stuff in Hollywood. People, look it I up. just uh, quote tweeted a big long thread uh, where I got a lot of my information, but it has like all kinds of videos of her kind of talking about this and um, some stuff like in her songs and all kinds of sorts of stuff. Yeah. All right, Christian. If if you want to read up on some, and well, Epstein is another one who then now he he did not sexual assault just regular women, he, he chose to do minors, right? And this has been proven without a shadow of a doubt. Um, he had, I, I don't know if you guys want to do, he, I don't even want to talk about, it, but he had sex slaves essentially, right? And he has them so mentally manipulated that they can't escape. It's, it's a really, really sick, dangerous thing. And uh, I mean, that's, that's kind of where this took me is that she is so controlled. Yeah. Okay. 
Got it. <laughs> we did this one. Good. Yeah, All right. Let's bad. go to some questions. We have a lot. We have a lot of good ones, too, and they're about wrestling. So we'll do that. Okay. Ben, take off the conspiracy hat. Put on your wrestling coach hat. I'm not effing conspiracy theorist. <laughs> Epstein, and, Epstein and Weinstein have been proven. They just got Gilan Maxwell. She's another pedo sex slave procurer. Don't even get me started because this is a, this is a nasty topic, and and I don't even have to be a conspiracy theorist to tell you what's already been proven. I'm not, I'm not saying you are. Um, okay. If you were Frank Chimizo, what would your strategy be to beat Dake? How do you approach Kyle Dake? Oof, that's a good one. Um, I, I think I try to make it um, uh, a low exchange match. A really, really low exchange match, right? Where you know I, I can maybe force Dake into taking a, a leg attack uh, and then scoring off that. I think that's probably it, or may, maybe possibly stepping over a gut, right? Because I know if he gets on top, Dake is going to try to gut him for sure. Maybe try to step over it. Yeah, I um, I asked Dake about that specifically. He's like, "There's zero fear there. He's not going to step over. He does some silly stuff in parterre defenses. Just not. He won't get away with it against me." Um, I think he, he needs to stay out of control times probably. Um, he can wrestle well. Chimizo can actually wrestle really well in a two-on-one as I say that. Um, so I don't know if that would be the control tie that Dake would want to go to. I think if we see the hand on the mat, low stance Kyle Dake that doesn't engage and Chimizo can stay on the outside and make it uh, make Dake have to come to him and – especially attack below the waist, that is to his benefit. So if he can funnel things down to attacks that are lower, I think that favors him best, right? Whereas if, mm -hmm. you know, Dake's able to get to his hooks and things like that, I think it's going to get a lot tougher for Chimizo. So I think it's got to be low scoring. I don't think he can win a shootout with a lot of exchanges because I think one of those – the thing is with exchanges with Dake is they're not takedowns. It's – they're dynamic. They're fours and they're twos with guts behind them. There's yes. Uh, yes. his his ability to transition and score in bunches is um, great. So if it's a lot of scoring, I don't think there's any scenario that Chimizo wins that. I think it's got to be a calculated chess match. He needs to disengage without and and maybe dis, you disengage and you know you're gonna get put on the clock multiple times and maybe you mm -hmm. give up uh, some yep. cautions, but. If it it needs to come down to you uh, making a takedown happen, right? Whether it's a counter mm -hmm. or you know that's the other thing is that Frank has has really good outside step offense that could work on on Kyle Dake for sure. So I think the match has to closely resemble that more so than uh, anything else. Yes, I agree. Um, okay. And that was John Kozak. He had a follow up question. Also, what American do you Want to see win an Olympic title next year? Most. 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 Oh. I, would, I would say Jaden Cox. That's probably what I would say too. Because he doesn't have one and he's from my alma mater. Yeah. He doesn't have one is kind of – because he's, he's won Worlds twice. And I guess I, with that, you're also saying you want him to beat Kyle Snyder as well. Um well, yeah, which I mean, but Kyle's—he's already got an Olympic title. <laughs> yeah, he's got his. He's got his. Um, so I'd probably say I would probably say him. I would probably say Jaden as well. Do you have one, uh, Steve? That's who immediately came to mind for me too. Yeah, no. it'd be you know, 
JB's got one. You know, David would be pretty awesome too. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I think after we have the team, whenever that is, um, it would yeah. be really awesome to see like a young guy like break through, like a uh, Spencer, Yanni, Dayton. Oh um, man, so, someone like that, like have like a gigantic breakthrough that you didn't really see coming because you know, I think you would say with all those guys. Um, you know, you oh, they can make the team, right? And you're excited for their uh, potential to make the team. But at this point, you're not quite thinking about them on the level with JB or David or Kyle or Jaden. Not yet, right? So if they could make the Olympic team and have this breakthrough, that would be pretty cool to watch also. Yeah, yeah. Kind of the birth of a, a new young star, kind of like yes. Jordan mm-hmm. was in, in 12, but even younger, right? These would be guys still in college. Um with multiple yeah. years of college remaining in Yanni and Dayton's case. Right. So yeah, I would, mm-hmm. I would love that as well. Um, Bracky had a little information on this one. I just wanted to ask this one with all virtual classes. Uh, are any wrestlers or athletes, I guess is the question getting deported because foreign um, there's some issues with foreign students remaining yes. in, in America. Yeah. Apparently. How many foreign wrestlers? The Harvard guy. Yeah, Slavikuski. Um, yeah, I think it's going to affect other sports more, but I know USC and a number of other schools were pushing back pretty hard on this. Um, I have a feeling this will get resolved. But essentially, there's a new amendment to the, I don't even know, law, I guess, or whatever it is, that if you're coming over, foreign student coming over here to take classes, if your school goes to online only you have to go back um but it sounds like the schools are going to fight this pretty hard and i would be pretty surprised it happened okay uh ryan betts this is if this is true wow um i have now listened to every frl twice (laughs) i saw this oh my god is there any (laughs) podcast y'all recommend before i start the third time no you should just start over. <laughs> just start over. Watch it again. You're not, if you've listened to them all twice, that means you are oh, very man. near listening to me getting uh, prank called on episode two. So you may as well just start over. That was over. the best. <laughs> Ever I'll peak then. Ever I'll peak then. It's been all downhill since episode two, says Ben Askren, which is a self I wish because you're on the show. I wish someone would prank call you again. Uh, can we take calls for like a couple of days or someone prank oh, calls had, you again? Oh, we had one uh, uh, kind of a prank call when uh, we were interviewing uh, Jordan Burroughs and you brought on Dagon Kyle Dake with the blind side of the century. <laughs> so uh, you still get your jollies, Ben. Oh, come on. Let's take calls. Let's do a throwback, Christian, and take calls and not screen them. We don't want to screen them. SRL after dark. No, it was just be yeah, people. We nice. it, was just, it was just be people dunking on me the whole time. Or you probably get some Masvidal jokes, and you know Kyle's name is Kyle, and all the jokes that come with that. Talking about him chugging monsters and stuff. Who knows? It could be funny. Where's though, your monster this morning? Dunk on him back. Reattack. Where's the monster this morning? That's a great question, wow. Ben. Um, you you quitter. No, no I'm way. not a quitter. No, no, it is being taken from me. Um, I don't know. When I left, apparently. We ran out of the supply that Monster gave us, and then uh, Flow Sports decided not to refill it, uh, and that kind of grinds my gears a little bit because you got me addicted to it, and now you're not going to keep feeding my addiction. Now my work's going to suffer. 
Yeah, and at this time, that's not good. No, this, we need you. We need your focus now more than ever, Bracky. No, so, so yeah, they haven't restocked the fridge. They still have the monster fridge. Yeah, so the fridge is just sitting there empty. Empty. What a Taunting tease. you. What a tease. Yeah, it's uh, up. you made me think of a really dumb story. Can I? Can I share a dumb story? I, I feel like you know we're just two old friends sitting around. Can I share a dumb story with you guys? Yes. Okay, it was about. No, I'm not a quitter. I said that. Uh, I said you're a quitter, and you said I'm not a quitter. So. <laughs> We had this. We had this strength coach. Oh my gosh, he's actually. The head, I think he's the head strength coach at Stanford. Or maybe maybe he's not anymore. He was for a, a significant portion of time the head strength coach at Stanford. Um, so we would do the warm up for strength, for strength and conditioning for lifting, right? And then sometimes he he would have us pummel. Okay, now this is a big dude, guys. He's like two forty, and so one time. One of our one twenty five pounders didn't have a partner, so he starts pummeling with them, right? And then. We're, we're, we're pummeling. We're not doing this. He ducks the 125 pounder and puts him on his back, right? And the 125 pounder starts fighting back. And for whatever reason, the strength coach goes, you're, you're out of here. I won't say the name, but you're, you're out of here. And the, and the kid goes, I'm not a quitter. I'm not leaving. I'm not a quitter. And he just keeps yelling, I'm not a quitter. And that was the, that was the joke for like five years. Oh, my gosh. It was a 25 pounder. Oh, gosh. Oh yeah, and the strength coach ducked him and put him on his back. It was. It so almost great. has to be a, a a McCormick, right? It was not a McCormick. It was not a McCormick. There's so many McCorm. <laughs> so many dang McCormicks. I don't think they're ever. They're all 133s slash 141s though. Okay, never never made it down to 25. Uh, all right. No. Yeah. Well, that's so much really fun. funny. Not a quitter. <laughs> not a quitter. Man, you got ducked by the strength coach though. <laughs> that's, that's tough. Okay. Oh, real quick, some business. Uh-oh. Flow Wrestling Radio Live is brought to you by RX Sports, the official CBD partner of Flow Sports and Flow Wrestling. The all-natural, highly concentrated CBD product, perfect for all your training recovery needs. Visit rxsportsinc.com slash flowsports for an automatic 20% discount off your entire order. Define your, defy your pain with RX Sports. Joe at Fanatics. Jordan Burroughs got another year older yesterday. Happy birthday, Jordan Burroughs. Oh, yeah. Doesn't this prove Kyle Dake right about his training methods? (laughs) Maybe right. He is is older. How old is Jordan now? Is he 33 or 32? He's been talking like he's an octogenarian since like 2017. He is 32 now. He's 32 today. Happy birthday, Jordan Burroughs. Yesterday. Um, Many more. Many more years. July, so he'll have to win an Olympic title at 33. Man, that would be. I feel like that'd be really old for. You remember Satiev when he was 33, he had gray hair and stuff. Yeah. Does, does Jordan have gray hair? Or do you think he dyes it? What do you think? <laughs> I don't. I, I don't think he has gray hair. I don't think he has gray hair. His hair so. is not definitely like Satiev. not. Not like who? Satiev, yeah. Satiev. They embrace mm. the old at uh, in in Russia. So yeah, happy <laughs> birthday to Jordan. I don't know if this proves it or not. But, um, yeah, next up. Oh, I'm getting some hate here on my interview. Uh-oh. Bruh, 30-minute interview with Frank, and you couldn't give the time to ask about the duck at Pelicone. What gives? I mean, what? He didn't want to enter. He ducked, he ducked Jordan, too, in the finals. It's like he didn't want to wrestle. I mean, it's kind of like. You know the answer to it. It would be bit. interesting. Well, no, but it would be interesting to hear what his take is. He obviously has a take. There's, he had a reason in his head why he didn't do it. 
I'm curious to hear that too. He um, said he was he well we did an interview with him at the time he said he was like injured or something or not healthy or something. I don't know. Hmm. So, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I should have dug in that one a little bit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ivan underscore folk style. How will wrestlers generate income off of their likeness once the rule goes into effect? Will programs help by creating gear with student athletes, or will individuals have to pursue their own? Will it affect Flow's content generation? So kind of a two-part question. I don't know exactly. Like, here's So I have a question like, um, all right, hypothetically – Penn State's a Nike school, but RBY wanted it to be sponsored by Rudis in a total hypothetical yes. world. I don't believe you can do that. Can't do that. Could they maybe not do that? He could be sponsored by them, but like he couldn't wear Rudis shoes or singlet in, or in official yeah, matches. In official, like almost like Look, for example, you think about Team USA Olympics. Like Jordan Burroughs has to wear a Nike singlet, even though he's an Asics athlete, right? And he's got to wear. Nike warm-ups. But he can wear Asics shoes in that. Yeah, he can wear shoes. But so, like, Bo, like, say maybe the Penn State athlete could wear something different at the U.S. Open, right? Or maybe or, or socks. That effect? So, yes, uh, the U.S. Open, but maybe it's, if it's up school. Yeah, he would have to do all that stuff. Like, But, like, at the school, you – like, because all the uh, Iowa guys have to wear Nike shoes, right? They used to be able to wear Asics, but now they don't. Yeah, I don't think they can anymore. And yeah. si- similar for like Penn State guys, they all wear Nike shoes. So I there are some. So there could be some limitations as far as apparel. I don't think that necessarily means you couldn't have an apparel deal with while in school, right? Yeah. But it just yeah. you, it just becomes you less valuable because you can't wear it. Like you know, it's just kind of the same deal as. Uh, in the UFC, you must wear Reebok. That doesn't mean people don't have outside sponsors, right? Um, but it, obviously, it, it be, you know the the UFC makes it difficult on the fighters because they can't wear the gear at the time when it would be most valuable to uh, you know to those fighters and to the sponsored companies. So you know someone could do something outside of it. But yes, I would. And then so then I would I would wonder if I go down, go down that road. It's like will at some point um you know a group of athletes sue the institutions for prohibiting them from making money because if you if, if they're bundling right i mean this is you know like um you the ufc fighters get paid for reebok not all that well but they do get paid so will will at some point the the athletes sue the institutions and saying listen you're keeping all of the sponsor revenue we want a, a chunk of it because that happens in the NBA, that happens in NFL, that happens in a lot of places mm-hmm. where the athletes get a chunk of that revenue. Um, and you know, obviously, without the athletes, there there is no sport. So therefore, the athletes do contribute to some of the revenue there, revenue generated. Well, what is going to be interesting about it, and I've seen this point brought up a lot, is the athletes, the college athletes, if this nil thing passes, they will have to get every single deal approved by the school. That's so annoying. Right. And so the school has to determine whether it's fair. Like What? Yes. Yes. Who do we need their opinion for? So they have to. <laughs> exactly. And the, uh, the school doesn't want to do it either. Yeah. Like they, They're like, this is just too much. This is even more Extra work. Think yeah. about that in football. There's 100, 100 and some players yeah. on the roster. And how are you going to determine what's fair? I don't. What's fair don't value? Uh, That's, right, I've had to exactly. do this with, I mean. Yeah, c- certain institutions have been stricter on me hiring camp people. 
Um, and I, you know, I'm not going to give an institution. I'm not going to give a name because I don't get them in trouble. But this one dumb A institution tried telling me this one athlete was only worth $300 a day. And I said, listen, are you guys, are you guys effing insane? He's worth way more than that. And they're like, no, he's not. I'm like, y- yes, he is. <laughs> I'm, and I am the buyer, and I'm telling you, he's worth more than $300 a day. And they kept pushing back. And I just said, like, you guys are so out of touch with reality. It- it's ridiculous. And you're putting your head in the sand. And you're acting like you know, but you don't know. And so I paid him in cash. Yeah. How Good. about that? How about that? What are you going to do about it? Man, it's so pathetic. And I wonder, too, if schools will, like, let's say Rudis wanted to sponsor RBY. Then the school is like, oh, this isn't fair. But in reality, it's just them not wanting him to be associated with a brand that's not Nike. Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. They're gonna they're they're gonna protect. So then the big kids can probably soon be like, this is in a free market. Yeah. Well, an example that you know that comes to mind for me is how they could generate income. They could wrestle matches on. For example, on Flow Wrestling, we would pay a lot yep. of money for Spencer Lee to wrestle Dayton Fix or Nick Suriano or yes. Aaron Brooks versus – I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. So that because will be, hopefully, a main way they're able to generate money off their likeness, which is not possible right now, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I mean, because obviously the one, one of the things that you would need to say here, and I think you guys could probably have the numbers to back it up, Christian, is that most athletes – in wrestling reached the apex of their popularity during their time in college. That's fair, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. There are outliers, but that is largely true. Yes. Yeah. So that's outliers, right? Like uh, Jordan Burroughs, for example. Jordan Burroughs is an outlier. Um, There's a couple, but not many. No, not many. The vast majority. I mean, think about someone like Dylan Ness. That guy was like appointment viewing as a folk style wrestler from Minnesota. And you know it's just yeah. he's still competing, but it's just not even close to the same level of fervor yeah. when he's when he steps on the mat. Or, or someone like you know a good one, a good example would be like a Tony Ramos who he made he made teams after college, he had success, right? Yeah. But uh, there's no way I think you could say his popularity post Iowa could uh, match his popularity while he was at Iowa, even though he had success in both venues. Yes, absolutely true, absolutely true. So, um. Yeah, it's that would be a great op- and will it affect our content generation? Yeah, hopefully. I would love for it yeah. to. We'll have to see and you know figure out what the exact details are. But yeah, we hope this goes into effect yesterday. Um. Okay. Has hey, I'm, I'm glad you know what yeah. the, you know what came out there, Christian and Kyle. You guys have almost as much disdain for the NCA as I do, it, and I, I love that it came out of you guys there. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, I have a hard time sort of compartmentalizing it because what it does uh, inarguably produce is the greatest wrestling tournament and storyline in the world, right? Nothing connects yeah. like the NCAA wrestling season. So I can't just hate them, right? I also – yeah. Uh, so there were a bunch of athletic directors um, – they had to go like in front of Congress and they were, this was last week getting asked all these questions about the NLI and stuff like that. And they keep pushing back saying this is going to hurt like non-revenue sports, so like women's sports and all this stuff. And they couldn't be more inaccurate. Uh, and this honestly, cause there's been all this uh, talk about colleges paying uh, student athletes. This 
takes the burden off the schools to pay them. Like now they can go and make money from other people that yes. aren't the school yes. off yes. their name, image, oh. and likeness. Yes. And so now they're off the hook for paying athletes pretty much. Yeah. And But they're still pushing back on this, and it makes no sense to me. It seems like a really no-brainer decision. But they, Yeah, I mean, where they could – I guess where they could be going with that, Kyle, is that they think that somehow it's going to break up their monopoly over these sponsorships where they can force all of their athletes to wear Nike 24-7 or whatever. And now if – even if they do maintain those rights to do them during competition and or team practices, if uh, I don't know, what's a really popular football player? Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Trevor Lawrence. I don't know who that is. If he, uh, you know, if he is able to wear a different brand during the, uh, the spring and summer, and if he's able to do shoots for said brand, um, you know, that would in some way, I think Nike or whoever whoever is the sponsor of that school would feel that detracts from the value that they're getting rather than having that guy in their gear 24-7, 365. Right. Um, I'm excited to see the, the changes and what are you looking at? So, as Athletic Director, you did um, a, an article on the top uh, 25 – social media accounts so like they they looked at these college athletes social media followings and then rated them uh the most valuable college athletes and one thing that the athletic directors are always saying is this will hurt female sports because they won't be the same but there's uh one two three four five of the top ten um biggest social media followings and endorsement potential money based on this thing by athletic director you are, are women athletes um, because um, they have massive social media following. Is, is Instagram? I'm guessing. Yeah, the majority of it would be on Instagram. Yeah, and so they, they you know, that's where they, they could probably. I, I don't know how large. How did you just say how large their Instagram followings are, Kyle? Uh, hang on, I can tell you. Okay, I, I mean, if it says then, then you know, those women would be able to make a significant amount of money. And honestly, guys, it would probably be. Not non-athletic brands, right? Um, women on social media, like I can't, I can't. There's a lot of stuff I can't pitch makeup or designer products. No one's gonna buy that stuff from me. It's just not. It's not gonna happen. It's because it would look ridiculous, right? Uh, or, and I would think that would be the same for most male college athletes. But women, uh, you know, have more interest in some of that thing. So there, there are avenues for them to make money there. Yeah. Madison Kosian has five hundred seventy-two thousand followers on Instagram. So they could they could definitely make some generate some revenue off that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okie doke. Um, so looking forward to that. Has Senior Stephen Kyle Brackey ever done an Alien Hour on Glacier National Park? I have not. Oh, what's that? What's going on there? Park. I've heard, I don't know. Have you been to... there, Ben? I love it. That's one of my favorites. It's so outstanding. Tell me about it. Um, you know what my favorite national parks are? And so I've been to all of them in the lower 48. Um, and it's one of these things where you go there and you get this feeling like, is this really the same planet? Like the, the redwoods, right? You go to the redwoods yeah. and you're like, good God, I've seen like 20,000 trees in my life. I've never seen a damn tree like that. That thing, like what the hell is that over there? You know, yeah. when you get that like uh, otherworldly feeling and I don't know why Glacier just has that feeling for me. Like, you know, I've traveled a lot and I went there and I'm like, oh my gosh, this place is just wow. 
Looks like there might be some UFOs there. Oh, baby. Possibly connected to Nazis. Oh, jeez. This sounds like it's being... <laughs> nah, Nazi UFOs? Nazi UFOs. I, There's an I'm episode... Out. I'm out. Uh, on the Travel Channel show, Mysteries at the National Parks on Glacier National Park. And uh, a trail of clues lead to an even more shocking theory that the technology causing them may be Nazi in origin. Yeah. That's a no for me, dog. <laughs> Bob Vance of Vance Refrigeration asks if we would do best of three on future cards for the main event. I would. That would be awesome. I don't know if we would, but um, yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. The athletes would have to want to do that. Who says no? Who says no? And we will say who says no. Yeah, I think that would be really <laughs> cool. Um, who are some of the wrestlers who have made the biggest jumps in weight from freshman to senior year in college? Any 25-pound freshman who ended up at 84. I'm not sure what this would be. I know, obviously, Dave well, did four weights, right? So, um, Steven Rodriguez what, had a huge. Wasn't jump. there someone went from 65 to heavyweight? I mean, maybe he was a really. Uh, God, was it was it a guy from Kent State or something? I'm thinking about. Hmm. It was. Isn't it the guy that went in WWE? Wasn't he like a really small guy and then he went up to heavyweight? I don't know this guy. The guy that's WWE, uh, what's his name in WWE? Hold on, let me look it up. Uh, hold on, I know this. Oh, Dol- Dolph Ziggler was Nick Nemeth. Uh, didn't he start out really small? I don't know. That's a little before my time. What okay. Wyoming wrestler yeah, he, was it that wrestled? How do you, all how over do you the not place? know this? Bro? Yeah, well, LJ Helbig wrestled at seventy four <laughs> and heavyweight. Well, no, oh, that's a good one. So Dewey Kruger. In 2017-18 season, wrestled 157 the majority of the year, but then he jumped to 174 uh, and won and jumped to 197 and won. In the same year he wrestled from 157 to 197? Yes. In the same year he picked up wins at 157, 174, 197, and 184. He just skipped 65. (laughs) Yeah. He said, I can't make 65. Are you crazy? Oh that there's I I'm going to say that has never happened. <laughs> that someone went away at 57, 57, 74, 84, 97, it all in one year. Is that f- five weights? 57, 74, 84, 94. But he went up five weights. Oh yeah. If you think about it, I thought you were asking how many weights. It spanned total. five weight classes in gotcha. this in that's, one year. In one year, that's there's, insane. There's no way that's ever happened. Big shout, Dewey Kruger. Well, wait, he's the flow wrestler of the year. <laughs> what what about um? Uh, Quinn Kidder went from 33 to 57 in one year. That's nothing. That's, it actually that's, did good. That's, that's a four. That's for one Dewey Kruger. 33. Yeah, it's true. It's one off. Yeah, so someone brings one up off. Shakur yeah. Rashid. He went 165 to 197. 197, yeah. That's not. They got like none of these people have anything on Dewey. <laughs> what is it? Mark well, technically. Branch, you, can, you, can, you can get him to win at any size, can't you, Coach Branch? In the uh, same year. That's, funny. that's, that's kind funny. of amazing. Tony Arnold brings up Hayden Zilmer. He had crazy weight jumps. Yes, he did. That's right. Well, Tommy, I mean, we're in high school. Tommy Rowland started at 119. Wow. (laughs) That's crazy. Literally doubled in size. Or maybe maybe not quite because he was. uh... He definitely doubled. He was a 250 pound heavyweight for sure. Oh, he was? Okay. I I thought he was a little, Mm -hmm. maybe a little leaner. Um, He was lean because he's a very tall person. Please don't Mm -hmm. hurt me, Tommy Rollins. Can, uh, best tech fall in the NCAA finals. Moore over Lang was unexpected. Taylor over Hatchet. Rutherford over Mays. Mitch Clark, Tech Virtus Jones. Stephen Powell over Heineck. Powell over Ott. No, Jason Powell. Jason Powell. 
Why? No, Jason Powell. You said Stephen Powell. Oh, I said Stephen Neal over Hynek. Oh, I'm sorry. Pa- Powell over Ott. Yeah. Do you uh, have- I'll go Stephen Neal first, Mitch Clark second. Yeah, I mean, a heavyweight tech fall is yeah, it's just insane. like, <laughs> that's just so crazy. In the NCAA finals, I mean, a heavyweight tech fall is like, wow. It's like, if you just see that in a duel between like a ranked guy and a, like a decent dude, you're like, that is really impressive. To see yeah. a tech fall in the NCAA finals at heavyweight, that's crazy. What's some of the... The Moore one did come out of nowhere. That was, I mean, Ryan yeah. Lang was the undefeated number one seed. And he got teched. That was, I remember watching that. Was that. that was totally, but, totally wild. But Ryan Lang had the propensity to self-destruct sometimes, like, because he would just go for very wild literally, stuff. Very literally, Ben. All, all <laughs> very, the time. Very literally. And in that match, he got down by a couple points, and he just started doing crazy stuff. And you're like, I, you know why I was super annoyed about that one in particular? Because I was trying to win the OW, and this dumb-dumb keeps going to his back. <laughs> Unless Derek Moore get a freaking tech ball. And Derek Moore got the OW because Ryan Langwood rolled to his back 27 times. I was, was so a, mad that about that. I was year, so annoyed. Right? No, 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 it was the next year. I won the OW there. Oh, this was year. Keith Gavin? Yeah, that was 07. And oh. so I, I had I had a pin. I had three pins in a tech ball in that tournament. Um, and so I thought I was going to, you know, I thought I had a chance. That obviously, that was before I had wrestled the finals. Um, so especially if I do well against Keith, um, you know, I'm, I'm more likely to get it. And I was, my performance wasn't great in the finals, but I was, uh, yeah, I was watching the Lang Derek Moore match all pissed off because freaking <laughs> Lang keeps rolling to his back and gives Derek Moore a tech fall. I was like, okay, well, Derek Moore is going to get the, you know, OW cause he has the tech fall in the finals. Yeah. It was like primarily just with leg riding. He's like, just yeah, he kept rolling killer. to his back. Yeah, that's that's one of the, you know what when I coach kids that was one of the things I told them not not to do. So don't, don't hold your back. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. Trust me, especially if you're wrestling Derek uh, Moore. Okay, next question. Let's see. Um, this is probably more for Ben. Can we do a segment where you look at the upcoming UFC cards for the weekend and tell us about any of the guys with wrestling backgrounds on the fight card? I don't know oh. UFC quite like Ben, but um. Yeah. Nor, nor do I know the card exactly. I could I could do that if that's something you thought. Okay, let me look real quick. I'll go fast. Early early prelims. Uh, I do not know that any of these guys wrestle. Although there are a few foreign guys, so I'm not sure. Next, dude, a whole bunch of foreign guys on this card. Good God, this is a lot of probably foreign easier guys. to get them to Fight Island. And, yeah, my, I mean, obviously, Fight Island is definitely close to Europe and close to uh, Russia, where a lot of these fighters train. So yeah, have, there's a lot of European and Russian fighters on this card. Um, we have very few. I mean, Usman's really the only wrestler that I know on this card, um, which is really abnormal, right? That one card, the first card back, it was like three out of the four co-main and main event. They were uh, Arizona high school wrestlers. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That's weird. So let's see. July 15th, Frank Giger's a wrestler from Clarion. Carlos Barza wrestled fairly successfully. Yeah. And that, that's it on that one. They only have six fights on that card. That's really strange. Oh, wait, they have a few more. Yeah. All right. Okay. So yeah. Been not it's kind of boring. Not a lot Sorry. of wrestlers. Okay. I don't have anything else. Do you, Benjamin? I, I get to play disc golf at 10 o'clock. I'm so excited. Nice. Really? Yeah. 
Any, any Jacob Roshka's special? Oh, Jacob Roshka. He's been doing a lot of work on my course. He's been, he, he is a savage out there. He got, you know, I, I, I we get in the morning, he comes over sometimes to his work. I get done with his podcast, and I'm like, holy, you got that done in two hours? Like, is that really possible? And you guys left him off of the um, uh, Missouri roster thing when you guys did that. But so he's been out for two whole years. He had a back injury, and they thought it would heal itself in a year, and it did not. So then a year after that, he had to have surgery, and he was out for a whole nother year. He's just back. He literally got back to drilling like, I don't know, a couple couple weeks ago. Um, so hopefully he'll be back. Hopefully the, the back is healed up and ready to rumble after two years. I hope so. Um, yes. So thanks for your help on asking. Hey, I have one question, one final question. What? Go. Why are I have a children. Yes, yes, I do have a children's course for you at my house. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Why really are there mountains in the back of the Askren Wrestling Academy? There's what are there mountains? Are you do you live in a mountainous region? I don't understand. <laughs> well, I, this was this what we chose to go with, uh, you know, as part of our logo in the beginning, and there's some symbolism. So, actually, in the one that's at our this is a little simpler mountain right here, mm-hmm. right? But, um, the the pre the premise of it right is two things. Number one, there's no way to just get to the top of a mount, right, mount Everest. You just can't get, fly to the top or take a helicopter. Out. You literally gotta, gotta walk your ass up to the top. You know, one step at a time. Okay. Right. And the other part of it, there there there's false peaks, right? So like at our academy in Heartland, we have one that has you know it's like got four peaks or so you know where you go up and then back down a little. And it's like so there's a lot of these false peaks where say you're climbing towards the high school state title and you see this as the the peak, right? Or the, the pantheon of what you're going to do. And then you get there and you're like, this is awesome. And then you're like, oh, damn. But there's all that, right? There's all that stuff ahead of you. And we always thought that one of the things that, you know, wrestling did wrong was they, they kind of overemphasized these younger age tournaments to where they, they made these be the peak, the pinnacle of the success of a wrestling career where kids like had this vision like, that. that's it. That's it. When I get there, I made it, you know? And, and it's kind of a, it's a false peak, essentially. So that's, well, that's symbolism. Perfect. That's perfect. Okay. Yeah. I thought, uh, yeah, that makes a lot more sense because it's not mm-hmm. particularly mountainous. All right. I really like that. That's a good one to end on. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Tyler. We're ready to go. We'll be back next Tuesday. Hopefully, we'll definitely be talking about a new match. Maybe uh, be able to announce Luke Pletcher's opponent as well. You're going to like it. You're going to like it all. We're about two weeks away from our mega card July 25th, Dave Chimizo, Downey Taylor, Roman Bravo Young, Jack Mueller, and more to come. So get excited. We thank you so much for listening. Thank you for so faithfully watching FRL and consuming our content and all this stuff. We'll be back. Hope you have a great weekend. Free Britney. Free Britney. Free your mind. And the rest will follow. <laughs> See you guys. Thank you.